Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, Bad Dirt. What makes Bad Dirt so bad? The answer? The ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like Bad Dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a guy who has been manning the phones over here at the garage. And by the way, your proctologist called. He found your head. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain. And what a stinky head that is. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, we are still sipping on Rally Point Bohemian-style Pilsner by the good people over at Service Brewing Company in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. Rally Point is a Bohemian-style Pilsner with the perfect balance of sweetness and bitterness for a crisp, refreshing finish. Rally Point is available year-round, and Service Brewing launches a new beer each season, so you'll always have something new to try. Garage grade three and three-quarter bottle caps out of five. And let's give some praise to our friends right here for helping us fill up the old beer fridge. First up, a cheers to Victoria in Longview, Washington. And a big We Like Your Jib to Elizabeth in Rochester Hills, Michigan. And here's a cheers to Bernadette in Vallejo, California. Old Vallejo. And a big shout out to Kelly the Painter in Canadian parts unknown. That's right. We're, we're spreading out to other countries now here, Captain. And next, we have a big cheers to Holly in Lubbock, Texas, and a big, big Ron Swanson please and thank you goes out to friend of the show, Courtney S. in New York, New York. As we said, everybody that we just mentioned helped us fill up the fridge for this week's beer fund. And for that, we thank yeah, you. Yeah, BWR, you win, beer run. And if you need more True Crime Garage in your earballs, check out our bonus show called Off the Record. And that's only on Stitcher Premium. You can sign up by going to truecrimegarage.com and click on the link. And that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Captain, yesterday we went through the search and rescue efforts for Detrez Green. And when we got to the end of our search and rescue timeline there, we were really starting to see a lot of red flags as to Detrez Green's home situation and his parents' situation as well. All right. So do you want to hear what might be the reddest of flags, or maybe it's the largest of the red flags, which would make more sense to say? Go for it. All right. This is this could Blow your mind, so adjust your headphones properly. At no time, repeat, at no time did the parents of Detrez Green ever give or provide a photograph of this kid to the searchers, 
to police or any authority at all. Not on the day that the boy went missing, which I guess, okay, you've been hit by a a tornado. It's been a, a natural disaster. So I'll give them a break as to their home was hit hard, destroyed by this tornado. Okay. So maybe you can't find a photograph of him, or maybe that's not the first thing on your mind, but let's fast forward here. It's been over four years now, and they are still yet to give or provide a photograph to police. Well, and we know that his father had a cell phone. So most people these days, maybe you don't have an actual physical picture of your child, but you would have a bunch of pictures in your phone. Correct. And that's what makes your head kind of spin here because you're going, all right, um, maybe you couldn't find a physical photo because your home was destroyed. But as you said, digital photos somewhere, right? In the cloud, on your cell phone. Did you find your phone? Do your family members, do your extended family have any photographs of your son? Because according to your story, mom and dad, he was over slightly over two years old when this tornado takes him. And everybody knows how parents are of small children. They're constantly taking photographs of these kids. And so I just find this incredibly bizarre. Again, maybe they didn't find their cell phone, but couldn't you reach out to other people? So this tells me two things, Captain. One, you don't really want to find or further probably don't even care if Detrez is ever found. And two, you probably don't have any photos of your boy. And I don't think this tornado is to blame. I think Kevian and Adasia are to blame. Well, it also makes you wonder, was there some foul play that happened to that this child? And then later they used the tornado as a, uh, an excuse to cover up something bad that they did to this child. I mean, this father seems more interested in finding his cell phone than he does finding his child. And that by Webster's dictionary makes him a piece of shit. Yeah. So we have media who went looking for photographs of the boy as well, right? Because they're into uncovering the truth. They couldn't find anything in regards to Detrez Green. Now, one photo of Detrez as an infant supposedly I've not seen this, but I've been told this is the situation. So I throw in the word supposedly appeared on Facebook. But even if that's true, that is it. The infant photo on Facebook, if true, that is the only known photograph, digital or paper, to have ever existed of a sweet little boy who was alive and well, according to his parents. He is alive and well for over two years until a terrible storm stole him from you and you the parents loved him so very much that you took one single photograph of him remember what you say when what we would say when we were kids bull pucky right i call mm-hmm. bull pucky on this whole situation involving the storm well and i'm going to say something and you might think i'm crazy but it really starts making you question Did this child even exist at all? I don't find that to be a crazy statement at all. And in fact, that's what a lot of other people in this situation started to question just within a week or two of the boy missing. So then we have GBI. GBI gets called in at some point, Georgia Bureau of Investigation. So if you're going to call in somebody to get to the bottom of something and you live in the state of Georgia, these are the people to call. So we have GBI who says it's impossible to find a missing person if you don't know what they look like. GBI Special Agent Porter told the media, quote, it's very unusual. Maybe somebody out there has a photo and they just haven't brought it forward yet, but it is unusual, end quote. Then you have the Dougherty County Police Captain, Tom Jackson, who said, there are no photos that I know of of Detrez Green. To me, that is a little strange that two parents would not have a photo of their child, not to mention that it makes it extremely difficult to locate a person when you don't know what he looks like. I wouldn't say that's a little strange. I'd say that's wildly strange. I'm with you. I think that the police captain and GBI special agent, that they're being overly polite about this situation. Now, law enforcement was clearly unsettled by this non-existent photo situation. 
When DeTrez's extended family was asked about it, DeTrez's great-grandfather, Willie Rainey, told WALB that his granddaughter explained it away, saying there were some pictures according to my granddaughter, but she said her phone got lost during the storm. Now, Willie Rainey, I like this guy, the grandfather of Adesia, and he's the great-grandfather of DeTrez. I like this guy. He's He does not have Adesia's back by giving this statement. He's simply passing along to the media what she told him. He's not coming to her defense. He's just saying, look, they're not talking to you guys, and you keep asking people what's going on. This is what they have told me. Her father, her grandfather, I'm sorry, has gone out of his way to say he is suspicious of everything that Adesia has told him. He's suspicious about Kevian and his actions. So this is not a grandfather running to her rescue. Here's the thing that I want to point out to Adesia and Kevian, if you're listening. The simple truth of your family and your child, to me, looking in from the outside, it's as simple as this. It looks to me like neither of you cared about Detrez enough to take his picture. And you know what, mom and dad? Even Casey Anthony had pictures of Kaylee, her daughter. There was another big red flag raising questions about Kevian and Adasia. That's right, Captain. Another, perhaps Kevian and Adasia should open up a big red flag store because they got plenty of them to sell. They have red flags coming out of their ass. <laughs> right. So emergency, emergency management personnel were on site at the mobile home park where Detrez Green lived immediately after the storm. We covered that in yesterday's show, about one hour after the storm passed, in fact. Yet none of the first responders recall having any, any interaction with Detrez's parents at that time. No one came out of the trailer screaming about their missing kid. In fact, the four remaining family members left. They left and went to a relative's home. Mom and dad scooped up their two remaining children and drove off into the sunset. So here's a, a very quick and short timeline. The tornado hit Dougherty County at 3.15 p.m. Adasia called police to report Detrez missing at 8.10 p.m. on Sunday night. That's why they weren't looking for the boy until that night. Five hours elapsed before she called. Well, you know, just to play a little devil's advocate here. Casey Anthony never called the police until she was forced to by her family. All right. So so we have, if you're keeping score at home, people. One to score, one. One to one. Greens have one point and Casey Anthony has one point. And if you're tied with Casey Anthony. You're a giant pile of shit. You got a whole set of problems and you're, the, and you're to blame for those. So the GBI special agent Porter, again, remarked to the news saying that it was very significant. This is a very significant gap in time for parents to be missing a child, so that kind of stuck out to them, especially because emergency personnel were on the scene in the trailer park within an hour, banging on doors. They're not waiting for people to come to them and ask for help. They're going door to door and helping people and getting them out of their homes and doing whatever they can to assist and help these people. Well, let's see what these POSs have to say for themselves. Okay, Captain. So we have Cheryl Bird. She's a spokeswoman for the county's emergency management agency. She says that Adasia told the agency that she last saw Detrez walking toward the back door of that mobile home. Then the storm hit. The tree fell through the roof and it was chaos. The power went out. The family had to leave and go to a relative's home, which they did that evening. And then they reported Detrez missing at that point. So it seems to me, based off of this statement, what Adasia seems to be implying is that they had to leave and go to a relative's to use the phone to call police. Well, and that makes sense with the story, though, if if the father could not find his cell phone. It does make sense. But once you start to line these things up, you go, all right, are they stalling? Are, did they get out of that area on purpose? I mean... If it takes you four to five hours to drive somewhere to make that emergency phone call, there's a phone somewhere between you and that in the time that it takes to travel that distance, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how far away the relative's home was. I tried to find that because I wanted to go, okay, well, if they would have left at this time, 
they could have been there possibly for two hours before they made the phone call. I couldn't figure that out. But then we also have to keep in mind, we have the neighbor who's out helping people, pulling people out of the debris. He pulls out their daughter, says, do you need anything else? And the father tells him, no, we're all good here. Well, your son is still missing. Maybe Kevian didn't know that he was missing at that time. I don't believe it. I actually don't think that that was the last time that these parents saw their son. Then we have emergency crews. We have a neighbor out helping right after the storm. Emergency crews within the hour at the mobile home park. It all seems to me like these people were trying to get out of Dodge. They wanted to get away from a situation. They wanted to report him missing. That's obvious because they did, in fact, do that five hours later. They wanted everybody to know that the kid was missing and the storm was to blame, but they didn't want to be there and have to answer questions face to face. They didn't want to have to do an interview face to face. Right. And that seems to me, obviously, you can't pre-plan these things. It seems to me like that was at some point that it became their plan. So let's talk about the 911 call calling in to report him missing. But like you said, the 911 call came in five hours later. Five hours after the storm hit. Right. After the tornado passed through. So the Albany Herald interviewed the 911 operator. Again, this is because the parents are just not making themselves accessible to the media. So you go to, you take the next step. You have to interview the operator who took the call instead of Adasia who placed the call that night. The 911 communications manager, this is Sheila Sims, said that the call came from Adasia Rainey and it was one of the most unusual missing persons calls in all of her time working as a dispatcher. She says that she, at that time, she had been there for 18 years and she went on to describe how calmly Adasia sounded when she called 911, adding, quote, in my experience with a child that age, The parents are usually hysterical and screaming that we are not doing enough. And we just didn't get that. I believe the first call came in shortly after 8 p.m. These are, again, her words. It may have been 8.01 or 8.2 p.m. Adasia was not at the address where this took place, where her story happened. She said that she had to get to a phone to call us, and that was hours later. And, quote, in the call, Adasia said to Shelly, I was trying to call 911 to report my son missing. I don't know where he is. The wind must have toted him off or something, were her words. Now, Shelly went on to ask Adasia if she had searched the trailer park for her son. And Adasia responded, yeah, I did. I didn't walk all over. I just tried to hurry up and seek shelter. They told us to come to the front. I'm guessing this is the front of the the mobile home park. And I checked everywhere in our area, and I couldn't see him. So according to the parents of Detrez, after the storm, they looked around, didn't see him, and then left to go call 911 from a family member's home five hours later. They never mentioned him to emergency crews who were there to help, on site to help. Uh, As we said, Captain, GBI was called in, and we have a statement from Chief Battle of the Dougherty County Police Department announcing that they requested that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation become involved. She said, basically, we've searched for this child along with experts in search and rescue for five days. It wasn't until that Friday on at 2.30 p.m. on January 27th that the search was called off. And she announced to the public, hey, This is a police investigation, and we've brought in GBI to assist us in this case because you can see the complexities of this case already. What also makes you wonder the maturity level of the parents, the emotional maturity level of the parents, and also just is is there some mental health issues? Is there maybe even some disabilities there because they're they're acting so strange compared to how you think somebody else would act or how you would compare how you would act yourself. Agreed. You do wonder that, but to me, they're acting guilty. They're acting guilty of something that they're just not telling us. Um, their, their behavior is 
highly suspicious. And it almost seems to me like they are doing their best to cover something up, give a story, stick to it, and then be unavailable and uncooperative with investigators, media, and so on, so that they don't have to be held to task, right? They don't have to have their feet held to the flames to answer the tough questions. And further, they are not even assisting in the search for this little boy. Let's say that a storm took him and he was found alive and well, and maybe it took a lot longer than anybody expected. Two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever. But let's say and pretend that they found Detrez Green alive and well, and they returned him at some point. One, I'd have to wonder if they would return him, knowing the parents' actions or lack of action to help right. find him. But then could you imagine you go to see your great-grandfather or your great-aunt as a young adult, and maybe they can't keep quiet anymore, and they say, you know, you were missing all that time, and we were so glad and so blessed to find you, but, you know, I have to tell you, your mom and dad didn't help in the search for you at all. Yeah. That's pretty awful. So, of course, Captain, for all of the reasons we have previously discussed, GBI officials were suspicious, to say the least, that the parents were not being entirely forthcoming about what happened to their son. The two largest red flags or biggest red flags are just what we pointed out before. One, there's no photo of him that GBI could find. And two, let's not forget that prior to that tornado, no one had seen him recently and we're not, you know, we're not talking about hours or days. We mean months. No one has seen Detrez Green in months leading up to this tornado. And then in regards to GBI and their investigation on January 31st. So they are only on the case for about two days at this point. GBI conducted a dig at a house located at 1006 Pine Knot Road in Ashburn. It turns out this is the former home of Kevian and Adasia. The GBI spent over two hours at the home digging in at least two locations. Now, they said of the search in the end, there's nothing that they can release at the time that they were following up on evidence from the case. They did say, hey, like the media caught wind of this. Oh, you're you're searching for Detrez Green, but you're not searching for him in the area that he was supposedly living when he went missing, according to mom and dad, you're now looking for him at a prior residence. And they were not quiet about this. They didn't go out of their way to make an, an announcement, but when asked, they said, yes, we're searching a, a previous residence of, of Kevian and Adasia. We know that at one time, or it's believed at one time to green lived here with them. And we're letting the evidence take us where it will take us in this case. And it is 100%. Our search of that area was 100% due to the ongoing investigation of Detrez Green and his whereabouts. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, 
Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Make sure you subscribe and give us five stars. Cheers to you, Colonel. What a frustrating case this is so far. Cheers to you, Captain. Cheers to everybody out there that's ever given us five stars. Now, GBI, this is their investigation, man. And something you had asked earlier, you said, hey, I'm going to throw the statement out there. I'm starting to wonder if this kid ever existed at all. Am I crazy? And I said, no, you're not, because we have a few days in or a couple weeks in, I'm sorry, where GBI saying, not only have we not seen a photograph of this kid, not only can we not find anybody that's ever seen him other than the the two parents and this, you know, one aunt of hers, 
Right. And I guess the brother that's backing up Green, Kevian's brother. So we got four people that claims to have seen the kid at some point in their in his two years of existence. They're also saying at this point, we can't find a birth certificate for Detrez. So it is not crazy to surprise, think surprise, surprise. That he may not have ever existed. So it sounds to me GBI is being very thorough here in their investigation. They're they're covering all their bases here and looking into any of these possibilities. But also from a citizen standpoint, I think the masses, it's easier for you and I and for everybody out there to go, you know what? Okay, maybe these people didn't do something horrible to this kid. Maybe, maybe they didn't harm their own child. Maybe he just never existed and they made up the existence of this boy to collect welfare or gain assistance of some sort that it was more of a a, more of a fraudulent thing rather than well what would be a a homicide negligent or otherwise we have the three-year-old daughter and then we have an infant and so we're saying that uh, detrez was two so that puts you know him and his older sibling pretty close together in age well and we have this interesting statement from the police department too, that says, and this is a quote from the news says, I understand that there have been people that Adasia has contacted that have actually seen this child, but not within the last couple of months or maybe a year or so. So police can't find anybody that has seen the kid in a couple of months, but also adding in their statement, maybe up to a year or so. Right. But again, let's just say, Let's just say, hypothetically, I have this child. Child is born. At the age of two or three, I then make up that they have a sibling. I could probably change the dress of that baby and from a distance or through pictures or or not much interaction between the child and other individuals convince you that I have two children. You've just never seen both of them at the same time. And as more and more time passed, Captain, and there was no sign of Detrez, as his parents stopped cooperating, that's what the papers say. I I question if they ever cooperated to begin with. We do know that they cut off communications with investigators if they ever really communicated with them to begin with. Law enforcement spoke in terms that plainly conveyed their suspicions of the parents at some point when talking about this case with the media. In November of 2017, with Detrez gone 11 months, the police captain said that the case is frustrating to police because until someone speaks up, the truth about what happened to Detrez will never be proven. And I think it's interesting You know, we've talked about this in regards to Delphi and other cases, uh, BTK, the list goes on and on and on. Police work within the confines that they have to, but they, but they are very aware most times the better agencies are anyway, they are very aware of the words that they choose to use when giving statements to the media and the public. And here the captain chooses to use the word proven. The truth about what happened to Detrez Green will never be proven until somebody speaks up and tells us the truth, right? Interesting he used chose to use the word proven instead of known. What that tells us is that investigators have a good idea, possibly even know what happened to Detrez. They just don't have enough for an arrest. I and agree. Possibly, you know, and they know who's responsible too. They just don't know where to take this case because there's there's so much lacking. There's so many so much information that's lacking for them to to work with to build a case. I I, I tend to try to think of these cases. I find them to be more interesting if I if I kind of focus on what would I be doing as law enforcement and if the parents came forward and said, "Look, Detrez was was never a real kid." We made them up for fraudulent reasons. I don't know if you could initially believe them. You would need to have proof of this. Right. Because, and you know that because if, if they now come clean and say, look, he never existed. Well, you all been lying to everybody for two years. So 
how can we believe anything you say? You're you're exactly right there. You have to to confirm that and find a way to confirm that. But let's bring back in Lisa. Remember, this is Adesia's aunt, and she's been very vocal in this case, as well as Adesia's great or Adesia's grandfather. And I commend and applaud her family for going out of their way to try to clear a lot of this up and try to provide some of the truth and to publicly, you know, I understand you don't want to air your dirty laundry, right? But after months and months and months, and you're seeing parents act suspiciously the whole time, I applaud them for bringing their suspicions to the media and voicing their concerns about these parents to the media. So Lisa, her aunt, says, and this is pretty revealing and very damning information, she worked in the Turner County 911 Center in Ashburn. This is the same town where her niece lived before moving to the mobile home park. Lisa says, look, we were two, we, we were very close at one time, me and Adesia. She says that when she worked at the 911 call center, she heard a lot of calls involving Kevian Green. Now, this started before Adesia and Kevian were even in a relationship together. She was hearing 911 calls regarding this Kevian Green before they're in a relationship together. She says that at the time, so this would have been 2010, Kevian was 22 years old. He was a trucker. Uh, his wife at the time would call 911 repeatedly, charging that Kevian was beating her in front of their small children. Now, no charges were ever filed, and the two eventually separated, but stayed married for a while. So Lisa was horrified when in 2012, her beloved niece, Adesia, introduced her new boyfriend to the family, Kevian Green. Adesia was still in high school at Turner County High School in the ROTC program at this time. Kevian was more than seven years her senior. Lisa says that she warned Adesia about Kevian, and everyone in her family did, but the two announced their engagement in late 2012 as Adesia was entering her senior year in high school. Kevian was still married to his first wife at the time. This, this always drives me nuts. This is one of those things that makes me Makes me want to just go outside, open up the car door, insert my head, and just slam it right in there. Because I can I will, help you with that. Thank you. I will never understand for the life of me when people, when smart people, I don't know if Adesia's smart, maybe she's not, but I've witnessed Doesn't this seem in, to be. in my lifetime where you have someone for whatever reason, and it's got to be complete bizarro reasons, will believe something that a complete stranger tells them rather than someone that they've known for years, maybe decades, somebody that they know has had their back on multiple occasions. Let's believe total total stranger person, but not believe the person that has helped me out countless times, a person that I know that, hey, I might not always like them, but uh, I know that they got my back. And, uh, you know, where where do you... Where do you put the weight in, into people's statements and beliefs? It just, I, I mean, how could you not believe your aunt who's telling you, look, this guy, his wife was calling in repeatedly that he was beating her up all the time. And now he's your boyfriend. I'm just, I'm warning you. I'm trying to tell you, get away from him. Right. And Adesia, no, she, I'm in love. I'm going to stay with this guy. So the couple move in together. And their residence, the first residence that they live in, is described as a trailer with garbage bags covering the windows. I have nothing about uh, against living in a trailer. I've considered it multiple times in my lifetime. And I've seen some pretty nice ones out there, too. And some of the parks look inviting. Most of the parks, not for me. I see any kind of dwelling with garbage bags covering the windows. I've got Sign concerns, me man. Sign <laughs> got, me sign, up. Hey, I got a great place I can rent to you, Kevin. Yeah, the HOA fees are plastic bags. So on September 8th, 2013, Adesia, well, she's going to get to, unfortunately, experience some of these things firsthand, it sounds like, because she calls 911, says that she was cooking dinner when Kevian came into their trailer and started accusing her of something 
with a friend that she had on Facebook. They argued for a while and he punched her in the head. Now, this is from the police report. So Adesha told deputies, I balled up in the corner floor hollering. Then he hit me. He hit my head against the wooden pole constantly nonstop. Then he picked me up by the neck, choking me with my feet dangling. That was her words in the police report. That's before Detrez goes missing. So Kevian was arrested and charged with battery in that situation. Now he told officers, look, she made it all up. She inflicted all these injuries herself just to get me in trouble. Yes, we were arguing, but uh, this is the result. She she set me up. You know what I hope for? I, I hope for that one, he existed and that somebody else took him away that saw that this was not a positive situation and took him away. Or they they sold him to somebody that wanted to have a child. And treat a child the way the child should be treated. Yeah, and that maybe that they've never come forward because, one, the parents have no proof if it's their child or not, but they didn't ever come forward because they didn't want there to be any of a chance that they could have to give up their son and go back to these two yahoos. Well, and who knows, because these things are really all over the shop, aren't they? We've seen cases where it's obvious that the child was abducted, that what mom and dad are saying is in fact the truth. Then we've had some other questionable cases like Dior Coons, where you wonder, and there's been a lot of speculation, did they sell the boy to somebody that wanted a son for whatever reasons? And then you have a case like Dewan Sims, where yeah. I feel I feel like we have a similar situation to Dewan Sims' case here, where something happened to Dewan Sims. He's a little kid, and then mom goes to the shopping mall, and we covered that case. I don't know the episode number, but she goes to the shopping mall and says, "Hey, uh, somebody abducted him from the the mall." And they start reviewing the cameras and they're like, yeah, we see you. We don't ever see you with your son. We don't think he was ever in the shopping mall. So what it appears happened in the Sims case is something happened to this boy. And then she has to concoct a story and comes up with this story later to explain away why he is not anywhere to be found anymore. The Dewan Sims episode is episode 160. And you can find all of our episodes from episode one to the episode now. They're available everywhere, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. So grease up your earballs because there's plenty to listen to. What's different about this case as opposed to the, those other cases is I don't even know if this child ever existed. Well, right, and I, I see you kind of circling around that, so I wanted to make sure that I got to this portion of it, and this is kind of why I brought up this uh, police report incident where – Adesia says that Kevian beat her up. So I guess they make up it at some point after this because he was, in fact, charged with battery during that situation or because of that situation. But a few weeks later, she gives birth to Kevian's son. And this would be Detrez's older brother. So the oldest of the three small children. Right. So the family moved into the Pine Knot Roadhouse that we discussed, and they lived there for a year, maybe a couple of years. Lisa, her aunt that tried to warn Adasia about Kevian says, look, I kind of used my position as a dispatch officer to conveniently send officers there once in a while for welfare checks because she was so worried about what would happen to her niece and possibly that child to Trez's older brother. Adesha's family has told the media, we knew where they lived. We were never allowed in the house. We at never any time ever went into their home or their homes as it were. Well, again, this is an abusive situation. We know that. And one of the things that these abusive shitbag men like to do is they, one, they'll separate their victim, the, the person that they're abusing from their family and their friends and they'll control those situations. So you know, for all we know, he's controlling the situation where he doesn't want any of them ever going into the house. Right. And then this leads us to a notable incident that followed the birth of Detrez Green. Okay. So the last incident was before his older brother was born. This would have been shortly after. So Detrez 
was born on October 28th, 2014. On his fifth or sixth day at home, Adasia's father, Grady Rainey, got a call from his daughter. Something's going on, so he in turn calls the police. And what happened then was the Turner County Dispatch received a 911 call regarding Adasia and Kevian. And it was basically her father saying, my daughter and her boyfriend are fighting. That's why I'm calling you and asked if you do, do you know if there are any weapons involved? And he says, I know he's got a gun. I don't know if there's any weapons involved in this incident, but I know that he owns a gun on the call. He tells the dispatcher that his daughter, Adasia said, quote, if my baby daddy don't quit beating me, I'm going to shoot him. The father, Adasia's father, goes on to tell the operator that there was a one-year-old toddler and a newborn in the home. So Detrez Green would be the newborn that was in the home. Now, we have police that go to, to that residence, to their residence to see what's going on. They get no answer. But due to the call and due to a gun being referenced multiple times during the call, they call in the SWAT team. Well, it it's like a standoff, man. A two-hour standoff before Kevian Green comes out of the house. He's immediately arrested. Um, Adasia, who was 19 at the time, tells police it was all just a misunderstanding. She stuck to her story. So we we do have you know law enforcement on record saying this is one of the hardest things to do. You get a domestic violence victim. Uh, it's, it's difficult to get them to speak out often. And in this situation, at least no charges were filed. But what we do have here is that we know based off of this incident that this was confirmed by child services that Detrez Green existed and he was alive and at that home. And he's about six days old at this time. And speaking of Adasia's family, let's stick with Lisa here and some of her information that she's able to provide to us in regards to DeTrez's case. She says that in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, these are her exact words. I'll just read her exact words so we don't have to try to decipher what they mean. Quote, she spoke of a toxic atmosphere in her niece's home. Adasia is who she talking, she's talking about. With Kevian accused multiple times of beating her. Ten months later, Lisa said she she's heard no plausible explanations about what happened that night. Detrez is still missing, haunting Lisa and people around Albany who want answers to one of the most discussed and speculated about child disappear disappearances in the area's recent memory. As she waits, Lisa tries to make sense of a conversation she said she had with Detrez's parents right after the tornado when they called her and her words are quote, nobody said anything about a kid was missing. They said they were fine. End quote. According to Lisa, Adasia's aunt, she speaks with them right after the tornado. Nothing's wrong. We're fine. Obviously, Kevian, the, the father is a horrible individual, but the, you know, he has a pretty long list of offenses. Yeah, so we do have some of that information here, Captain, if you want to go through it. Yeah. Okay, so what I have in my notes is that from 2010 to 2014, records show he was arrested six times in Turner County, at least three times related to domestic disputes. His charges included disorderly conduct, battery for family violence, and a misdemeanor simple battery charge. Now, more than two years after the tornado... 2019, Dowdy County police responded to a family violence call involving the parents. The police report said that Adasia told the officers she and her then-husband, Kevian, got in a fight. She also said he, quote, locks her in their residence, end quote. The report said the officer couldn't find Green, couldn't find Kevian Green that night, and there was no record of him being charged. So, We've seen this in other cases, too. They respond to a domestic violence case. You know, if there's not a lot of proof of what the complaint is and you can't find the person that the complaint is going to be filed against, or she talks herself out of filing the complaint, 
sometimes there's no charges that that go anywhere in these situations. Now, there were some developments, I guess, in this case. Last year in 2020, the GBI released a press release asking for the public's assistance in the missing child investigation. Here's the full release. Police are seeking the public's assistance in a nearly four-year-old missing child's investigation. On January 27, 2017, the Dougherty County Police Department requested the GBI to assist in the disappearance of two-year-old Detrez Green. On January 22, 2017, at approximately 3 p.m., a tornado struck the Piney Woods Trailer Park in Dougherty County, where the Green family resided at the time. At approximately 8.10 p.m., police received a call about a missing child, later identified as Detrez, and immediately began a search. The child's parents reported that a tornado hit their home and a tree crashed through the trailer. Law enforcement and search crews spent days searching for Detrez. A nearby pond was drained and search provided no results. Throughout the course of this investigation, no picture of Detrez has been provided to police. Agents and investigators worked together on numerous investigative acts. They included conducting interviews and searched the parents' former home in Turner County. Anyone with information related to the disappearance of Detrez is urged to call the Dougherty County Police Department, the GBI Regional Office, or Crime Stoppers. And I'll give the Crime Stopper number here, and I'll, I'll give the GBI's number before we wrap up. Crime Stoppers, if you want to leave an anonymous, anonymous tip or information, call 229-436-TIPS, T-I-P-S. Now, Detrez Green. Little Detrez would have turned six years old on October 28, 2020. He should be turning seven this month, Captain, but unfortunately he was born into a bad situation, born into a home with a violent man and parents who just didn't care for him or his well-being or, hell, love him enough to take pictures of the child. In conclusion, sadly, Detrez's extended relatives care about the little boy they never met more than his own parents did. Willie Rainey told WALB that me and my wife will talk and we often wonder still today what happened with our grandbaby. Willie does not believe the story being told by Adasia and Kevian about what happened to Detrez. He also has reconciled himself to the fact that Detrez is no longer alive. While he is relieved that Kevian and Adasia's other two kids remain in foster care, he said that his experience working in law enforcement, taught him and told him that Kevian Green's arrest record should have led to the child or and all children being taken away from their parents earlier. Willie thinks that Adasia may be too scared to come forward with what really happened to Detrez and says, I just hope my granddaughter finds it in her heart to go tell somebody what happened. He said he would like to see Detrez properly buried in the family plot. The news, several outlets tried to contact Adasia and Kevian in 2019, could not locate them. So they have they weren't cooperative to begin with, weren't giving statements to begin with. And these years later, they seem they continue. to want yeah. right, nothing to do with, with the situation. It's a, such a sad, sad world because there's so many people that you know, try really hard and have to take, you know, you know certain medications and and different shots and hormones and stuff just to have a child and then other people can have children so easily and yet they care so little and there are things right there's all this stuff that we've put into place you know in most situations in most states and most cities you can give up your child you you can drop them off somewhere you can I mean, I, I know that sounds horrible to say, but we've put these things into place so that no harm comes to these kids that are not wanted and not taken care of. Yeah, but what? But what's worse, though, right? If somebody said, "Look, I did. I I tried to take care of this kid, and I just can't do it. I can't afford the kid. I I maybe don't even care much about the kid. Let me give the kid over to the state. I would applaud that person so much more than these. Of just course. giant piles of shit that you don't even look for your child, and but you're looking for your phone? 
Of your course. phone means more to you than your child. Had they dropped Detrez off somewhere or asked family to take him or the state to take him or whatever, he would have had a fighting chance, right? He would have had a shot at a life. And under their roof, he did not. And this right. is the result. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation says that the reason Detrez is not listed with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is because they do not have any photograph of him to submit to the database. And you and I, Captain, spoke with Megan Good, who maintains and operates the Charlie Project website and database, and she told us the same thing, that she needs a photo of this missing person to include him in the database. And God bless her and the good work that she's doing. And we presented this name to Trez Green out of left field, you know, pulled a name out of thin air when we were talking with her in person at CrimeCon. And immediately she says, I mean, the, the knowledge that she has of missing people is just amazing. She says immediately, she goes, is that the toddler that was missing and there's no photograph of him and the parents claim that a storm took him? And I'm like, yes, yeah. you, you nailed it. We picked a, a name at random and you nailed it. So bless her and the work that she's doing. Check out the Charlie Project website. Now, there is no doubt, right? No doubt something happened to this little boy. But it didn't happen that day during a tornado. Echoing the statements of search and rescue experts and law enforcement, there is just no way that anyone can believe, in my mind, that a storm hit and it blew Detrez off of the face of the map. He would have been located just like the many others were, alive or otherwise. So, for everybody out there, If you have any information at all, even a suspicion or a hint at something odd, maybe you saw something. Maybe you saw this family out somewhere when there were still five members of this family. Please, please, please report it to somebody. Because as much as authorities need to find the remains of this little boy, the victim of he's the victim of his despicable parents. In the meantime, what they need to develop is a timeline. A timeline of Detrez's life, no matter how short it was. Because right now, all we have and all we know is that something, sometime between the ages of six days old and two years and a couple of months old, something happened to this little boy and his parents, Kevian and Adasia, covered it up. And when this tornado hit, they found the excuse they were looking for and waiting for. And they simply wiped their hands clean of Detrez. Please, someone contact the Georgia Bureau of Investigation with whatever information you may have. That's the GBI's regional office in Sylvester. And the phone number is 229-777-2080. Thank you for listening. Like always, join us here next week for a fascinating case. But in the meantime, if you need more True Crime Garage, check out our bonus show on Stitcher Premium called Off the Record. Colonel, do we have any recommended reading for the week? This week, we are recommending a novel by Jen Williams titled A Dark and Secret Place. And author Megan Collins says A Dark and Secret Place is dark as a grim fairy tale brimming with secrets character heather evans returns to her family home after her mother's baffling suicide when she makes the alarming discovery of stacks and stacks of letters from the notorious serial killer known as the red wolf check out a dark and secret place by jen williams and if you're looking for something good to watch read listen to well you'll find that great title and others on our recommended page at truecrimegarage.com. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter.
Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 